0: Welcome to the second episode of the podcast. This is your proprietor, Tony Ortega, coming to you from an undisclosed location deep inside the interior of the Earth's crust, otherwise known as the Underground Bunker. Even though we're deep underground, we know that so many of you on the surface have been spending your hard-earned cash going to see Tom Cruise's hit new movie, Top Gun Maverick, which this week became the first billion-dollar box office smash In Tom's career. Well, good for him. But amid all the hoopla, several people have dared to dampen the party by mentioning that Tom, besides being a movie star, is also the face and the symbol for a certain totalitarian-leaning organization that we happen to keep an eye on around here. One of those people who spoke up did so in a really remarkable way, and it captured a lot of attention at Facebook and Twitter. We thought you'd want to hear from her. I'm talking, of course, of Claire Headley, who escaped from Scientology Sea Org in a very dramatic way, later sued the organization, and has also been a big part of the Underground Bunker. Some of you may remember the terrific series she helped us with, guiding us up Scientology's Bridge to Total Freedom, step by step, so we could all understand what it was like to experience Scientology's many courses and levels. That remains one of our proudest accomplishments at the Bunker. And so we are especially happy to welcome Claire to the podcast as we turn our attention once again to Tom Cruise and what he knows about the abuses in the Church of Scientology. Well, listen, Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, What I wanted to talk to you about was that uh, I think a lot of us Scientology watchers, I, I use that term to include people who were in, people who were not in, a lot of us keep an eye on Scientology. And of course we've all been watching the sort of return of Tom Cruise to the spotlight, to, to media, to press, because his movie finally came out that was delayed for like more than a year or something. And it was a huge hit. So um, I did a couple things at the website. I uh, posted a a review by Luke Thompson. Um, I wrote something over at daily beast, but then I, I wanted people to understand you know, Tom Cruise in the context of Scientology to a certain extent. But then on June 9th, I noticed that you put up this amazing statement at Facebook <laughs> and I jumped on it. I put it out on on Twitter. I wanted people to see what you were saying and and uh, let's just, uh, let me just read it for people who, who may have missed it. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, did I, did I, did I lose it? I thought I had it up here.
1: I can find it if you want. Okay, I have it. Here we go. Here we go.
0: Okay. This is Claire Headley on June 9th at Facebook. She said, Glad all you Top Gun fans are enjoying the new movie. Personally, recent posts about this new movie only served to remind me of Tom Cruise and his crimes against humanity. Extreme, you may think. But destroying families is a crime against humanity, my opinion. Ask yourself, when is the last time Tom talked to his only biological daughter, Surrey? Remember Katie Holmes and her extreme efforts to break free of his and Scientology's control? Tom Cruise promotes a dangerous cult that destroyed my family too. The same cult that almost cost me my marriage and my life. The same cult that forced me to have two abortions in which I fled from in 2005 with the clothes on my back and $200 in my pocket to which they tracked me down across state lines to attempt to prevent my escape. Thank God they failed. So no, I will not watch the movie, nor will I ever support or approve of this scam of a man. Trust me, Tom, Crow, Tom Cruise knows exactly who he is supporting and the abuses that the organization perpetrates. I worked with him while I was there. No doubt my post will likely disappear with Facebook algorithms. I feel better saying it nonetheless, and thank you to my friends who understand you know who you are. Well, it did not disappear, Claire. Tell, I me, know. <laughs> tell oh me what goodness. kind of an impact it had.
1: Wow. Yes. So, by the way, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, and as always, thank you for everything you do. Um, you, you and other Scientology watchers, as you call them, have always inspired me and given me the strength to say, you know, who am I to try and run away from this beast of an organization and be fearful and it's my job to stand up and speak up so that's what I've been doing um but anyway yes Mark and I had kind of talked a little bit about this movie coming out and we'd kind of thought you know just let it go but as I said in my post just one night I was sitting there and another friend who nothing against this friend she doesn't know anything about my history I haven't made my life is not about Scientology anymore but um another friend had texted me and said hey I've been seeing all these posts I'm I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and that really moved me those kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum to go You know what? I am going to say something. And I just tried to make it as simple as possible. I'm not telling anyone to watch the movie or not. But I just think in this day and age, why is it that Tom Cruise gets a free pass? It does not make sense. You know, the Me Too movement, all these different things. Like, you know, there's been, this is the age of the internet where people should know who they're supporting and that's what I tried to sum up in my post and yes I was extremely shocked by the response I honestly thought that well I'm not posting photos and I'm just saying what's probably to some people an unpopular opinion and that's okay with me so probably just disappear (laughs) and I was absolutely floored by the response
0: well and Leah Remini uh retweeted it right and uh what else what other sort of things did you hear
1: well um i mean i think it was shared like 200 times it was the most commented on post i've ever posted on facebook um and you know and and again i'm 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 just i'm not a (laughs) i'm not big on social media i'm not you know so the response was just pretty shocking and um I mean, and I really appreciated it too. Like a lot of people, of course, there were the, you know, trolls who were just, <laughs> but that's like two and a half percent of the response. Um, but yeah, I did an, inter- I had um, some German media reach out to me. I did an interview with them. I had some media UK reach out to me. I did an interview with them. and And it was very obvious from the response that a lot of people are aware of Tom Cruise's high-profile support of Scientology, and he should not get away with promoting an abusive organization, bottom line. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of good people worked on this movie. It's not about them. This is about Tom Cruise.
0: Yeah, I saw that excuse online. I saw somebody uh, reacting to something, either your piece or something I had written, somebody reacted, well, you know, you're telling us not to watch this movie. First of all, I didn't tell anybody not to watch it.
1: Me but, neither.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying people should be aware of of who they're supporting. And and one response I heard from somebody was, "Well, he's just one person that takes a small army to make a movie, and why should they all suffer?" And I thought it was interesting to see somebody else then responded, "Yeah, but they all got paid a long time ago." <laughs> so, so, yes, but and I,
1: to me, and to me more, the point specifically about the movie is Tom Cruise is a producer. And at least to my knowledge, when Mark and I was still at the headquarters, Miscavige told us on numerous occasions, this was starting in 2003, that Tom Cruise had renegotiated his deal with the movie um, studios to where he would get a significant cut on the back end of the movie, meaning from all of the ticket sales and all that, which as you and I both know is far more significant than an actor's salary. And that Tom Cruise had agreed to put funnel all of that producer percentage on the back end to Scientology. And Miscavige's exact words were Tom Cruise is funding Scientology's war chest. Whoa. That war chest, by the way, which funds a hate website with my family speaking out against me. So no, I don't, I will never approve of this man.
0: So the leader of Scientology. Said to you or in your presence that profits Tom Cruise makes from his movies goes into Scientology's defense fund, and we know that part of the work of Scientology's defense funds are these scummy websites that smear you, me, Leah, Mike. So yes. Tom Cruise's Tom Cruise's work is helping to fund these online efforts to try to destroy you.
1: Yes, precisely.
0: That's just amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: And and you, may, you your point was exactly right. There's nothing wrong with a reporter asking him about that. If I had the opportunity, I would love to ask. That would be one of the first questions I would ask him now that I've heard that from you is, David Miscavige was heard to say that your work funds Scientology's defense fund, which in turn then pays for smeary anonymous websites that are smearing people like Claire Headley. You know, can you comment on that? That's such a legitimate question yes. from a reporter. Nobody could fault a reporter for, and you can do it in a respectful way. There's nothing disrespectful. About asking Tom Cruise that question because it's got nothing to do with religion. That's it's, got, right. it's got nothing to do with his private life. This is business. This is what this organization does with money he raises through movies.
1: Yes. And then the next question, not specifically for Tom Cruise necessarily, is Hey, IRS, what do you have to say about a nonprofit? 501c3 organization that you've granted religious exemption, having a war chest that attacks people who have tried to just leave and get on with their lives.
0: Well, that's just one of the, you know, people ask me all the time, how do we, you know, do we, should we do a petition? How do we do reports to the IRS? And I, I tell them, I said, listen, many, many people have filed reports. It's not a question of the IRS not know, not being aware that Scientology mm-hmm. has some controversies. It's also, I don't think there's any question the IRS is fully aware of the type of controversies that Scientology is involved in. And if the IRS started an a, a investigation, there would be no, no shortage of things for them to look at, such as tax-exempt money being used in private investigator campaigns to destroy people, which has nothing to do with religiosity or their church. Um, right. No question that would be a number, one of the top things the IRS could zero in on. I mean, Lawrence Wright focused on that and going clear. But, um, I, you know, when they uh, people ask about that, I always tell them it's not a situation that the IRS doesn't know about these things. It's always a question of the IRS having the will to take on Scientology because people think it's like this sort of automatic cop thing. If you can just present them with some evidence, they'll go charge. It doesn't work like that. They, you know, Mike Rinder once, you know, I want to hear what you think about this. Mike Rinder once said to me, he said, Tony, the way it works is the the, the, the manager, the, the managing investigator over at the Department of Justice or the, you know, de- deputy IRS uh, secretary, whatever, whatever the person is who actually makes the decision. Let's let's get into this. Let's investigate Scientology. They have to make a decision. Are they ready for that to be the rest of their career? Because that's what it'll be. It'll be years and years of fighting with high-priced attorneys, and not just fighting in on legal matters. But then they know they'll become under surveillance by Scientology and investigation. So I think it's just the IRS, and the IRS has really been decimated in recent years. They don't have a lot of resources. So I don't, I don't, it's not a question of, you know, why don't they do something? Don't they, aren't they aware? It's when is the IRS going to get the will to dig into this again?
1: Yes, I do agree with that. It's unfortunate, but I think they lack the mechanism by which it's easy for them to roll back their actions. So like you said, it's, it, it would be a tremendous um, fight that Scientology would put up but it eventually one way or the other it's going to have to come to that. I mean, Mark always says, you know, if an organization has billions and billions of dollars, how much are they going to spend to to protect that? And that really does kind of epitomize Scientology in my view.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about your own history with Tom Cruise because you kind of hinted at it in your Facebook or your Facebook message and you and I have talked about it before, but I'd like to hear it again as far sure. as um you know, you you and Mark, uh, you joined the Sea Org very young. Uh, well, you were born in Scientology and raised in the Cadet Org and all that. And you eventually ended up at, at Int Base or Gold Base in, in California, about 90 miles east of L.A. A uh, real, you know, secluded compound. But Tom Cruise came out there a few times, right? And Yes. Uh tell me about your interactions with him there at the base. This would have been in the 1990s.
1: Yes, correct. So I joined... I started my billion-year contract, aside from my time in the cadet organization, in July 1991. But funnily enough, just backing up a little bit before that, being that I was born into Scientology and grew up in the cadet org, I can tell you I wanted absolutely nothing to do with this organization. I I hated growing up in Scientology. I hated being called names as a kid. I hated that I never saw my mom. I had no family, you know, lived in communal birthing, all of this. I I as a kid, I just only ever wanted a normal life. So then fast forward to now I'm a teenager living in LA. And of course Tom Cruise was an up and coming star and I can't what was the name of that movie with the unicorn and or not the unicorn, the white horse, like one of Tom Cruise's early movies. Either way, it doesn't matter. I watched that movie, and of course, in LA, among science, in the Scientology circles, it was all the 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 talk that oh, Tom Cruise is a Scientologist and John Travolta is a Scientologist. And I will say it influenced. It had that had a direct impact on me. I thought, you know what? Maybe it was just England that was a shit show. And maybe Scientology really is amazing. And and of course, that's not to negate the programming that I'd had since birth, that this was my inevitable path. But it had an impact on me nonetheless that Tom Cruise was a Scientologist. Anyway, fast forward to 1991. Now I'm working at the headquarters in the SEA organization. And I think the, the first my first interaction with Tom Cruise was in was actually with his staff, Um, and that was in 1995, so Andrea and Michael Dovin were his assistants, and they, and at that time, Tom was still married to Nicole and had actually drifted away from Scientology, you know, this was during the time that he was just, he was just less involved, and Michael and Andrea were reporting directly to Dave and Shelley on what they were doing to get him back in, and re- just reporting on him in general, um, like we.
0: Yeah, you're you're putting it in nice terms. The way I describe it at the Village Voice was they were spying on him.
1: <laughs> sure. But, yes, they were.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, from from 1992. First of all, it was Legend, I believe, was the movie you were yes, referring to from yes, 1985. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Uh,
0: um, yeah, from 19. Uh, Tom and Nicole got married in 1990, and then. And she was very enthusiastic in Scientology, but then by 1992, she began to pull away, and she kind of pulled Tom away with her. Yeah, that's right. And so for the next eight years, he kind of kept Scientology at arm's length. In 98, he did come back long enough to do some stuff with Tommy Davis at the Hollywood Celebrity Center, but he yes. really didn't. he really didn't come back into the fold until after he had broken up with Nicole at the end of the year 2000, and then David Miscavige made it like the church's big job, one, let's get Tom you know, back in and, and and enthusiastic. But so for those eight years from ninety-two to two thousand, he was largely keeping Scientology at arm's length. And so Miscavige was desperate for information about this. And and the story I wrote, thanks to your help and Mike Rinder and some others, uh, was that it was the Dovins. They were they were in his household
1: mm-hmm.
0: reporting to David Miscavige daily on what Cruz was up to.
1: Yes. And they were and they were Michael and Andrea were being handled directly by RTC at the the headquarters because they were failing to get him back, get Tom Cruise back into the fold. So, for example, what I was doing with Michael Dovin was word clearing him on the ethics conditions and he was doing lower conditions with RTC. And it was during that word clearing that he mentioned um, that he'd witnessed Tom being physically abusive with their, with his staff. Like the specific that, that Michael referenced, as I recall, it was, he saw someone throwing, uh, he saw Tom throwing someone up against a fridge.
0: Wow. And just, and and just real quick for the people that aren't fully aware of uh, Sea org codes, RTC refers to the religious technology center, which is the cream of the crop, the top of the pyramid in the C organization. It is the organization that nominally runs all of Scientology. Its chairman is David Miscavige, and that's why he's referred to as COB or chairman of the board by people in Scientology.
1: Exactly, yeah. RTC is, as you say, Religious Technology Center. It's considered the um, police or Inspector General Network of Scientology. But as you say, yes. RTC does run everything.
0: So Dovin was bringing in reports that Tom was abusive to his staff. Wow.
1: Yes. Um, and this was part of where Michael and Andrea were um not not such happy campers with their um, position. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot more to it than that. You know, I was not, I was just doing word clearing. I was not even in in RTC yet at that time myself. I I had been tasked by Shelly Miscavige to help with the handling of Michael and Andrea. And that the purpose of that handling was specifically to get Tom Cruise back into Scientology.
0: And by word clearing, you mean just going over the definitions of things to make sure he's clear on what his job is and what he's not doing properly or something?
1: Yeah. So he had to read aloud on the e-meter, the ethics, each from the ethics book. I think we, uh, we, so word clearing, yes, it's just, there are many different methods of word clearing. This one was him holding the cans, uh, the the electrodes for the e-meter, and he had to read aloud from the ethics book. And we... We did that with the ethics conditions and uh, responsibility of leaders, which is Harvard's policy on um, Simon Bolivar and that whole story.
0: And then uh, what else did you learn about what were what else were your interactions with Cruz or his staff over the next few years?
1: Yes. So then. Um, so let's see. So then I, in. Um, Let's see, sorry, I'm just recollecting my thoughts on the year, so March 1996 is when I was promoted up to RTC. Um, My next interaction was um, when Marty Rathbun was um, then auditing or counseling Tom Cruise to get him back into Scientology um, and the, as you said, this was in like the early 2000s, and Marty was doing this auditing at Celebrity Center, and I was Marty's um, correction person. Like if he messed something up in a session, I would have to have take action to fix that, basically. Um, and so while he was auditing Tom Cruise, I was kind of the person who you know if there was something marty was having trouble with i would help him to do a better job is the simple way to say it but um but even then like for example um you know marty said oh uh hey marty had told shelley and dave miscavige that tom cruise was adamant he did not want his sessions recorded his counseling recorded um well of course (laughs) by this time every single auditing session, it was required to be recorded. So Marty agreed with Tom that no, it would not be recorded. And meanwhile, installed a hidden camera in the lamp in the auditing room and recorded it. Um, Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, anyway, so that was some, some interaction there. And then um, the next Thing was in so in 2003 or four, I can't, I can't, I think it was 2003. So by this time, Tom Cruise was now on OT7, which is solo auditing, OT being operating theton levels, it's the upper confidential levels of Scientology. And when you're on OT7, um, you do a, what's called a six month check. So now you're auditing yourself basically. And so now Scientology, the way they monitor and keep people in the fold while you're auditing yourself is they call you in every six months and they sec check you, meaning they interrogate you to see, hey, have you been reading any um, articles on the internet that are negative towards Scientology? Have you, you know, that kind of thing. Like, have you been seeing prostitutes? Who knows? Whatever. They ask everything in the kitchen sink
0: have to you make sure- have you had any bad thoughts about David Miscavige? Right?
1: Yes, exactly. Are you are you planning to leave Scientology? All of those kind of things. Yeah. So it's kind of like the finger on the pulse, the way they keep the sheep in the in the fold. Um, and so Tom Cruise came to the headquarters because this was where he was going to do his six month check, and RTC directly administered that, which is very rare. Normally, someone goes to flag in Clearwater, Florida for that. Um, but this is Tom Cruise. So he's, you know, Greg Wilhair, who was is David Miscavige's right hand man last I knew. Um, the same Greg Wilhair, by the way, who came to the Vegas bus station when I was trying to escape to try and stop me. Um, so Greg Wilhair and Sue Wilhair, his wife, were um, doing Tom Cruise's six month check, and I was the examiner. Um, Which means that after Tom Cruise gets a a counseling session, I'm supposed to double check and make sure that a a satisfactory result was achieved by having Tom pick up the electrodes again on the e-meter, observing the needle, which should be floating right to left, right to left, just floating, and he should be happy and, and... You know, anyone who's had a Scientology auditing session knows that 98% of the time, when you go to the examiner, you sit down, you pick up the cans, the examiner looks at you, looks at your needle, and then says, thank you very much, your needle is floating. And then they put down the cans. So it lasts like a minute, not more than that, if that. Um, Nonetheless, (laughs) uh, Miscavige also was, again, all of this was being videoed and um starting in 1996 it became a, a a very significant crime if you told somebody their needle was floating and it wasn't i mean it's it you know it's just a violation of the their procedures whether you believe it in, or not, in it or not the point is to know that i would have ended up on the rpf if i said your needle was floating and that needle was not floating on the video and i knew that so um, you know it just comes with the job kind of thing <laughs> so I did this exam with Tom Cruise and his needle was not floating so I <laughs> he said oh it was great blah 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 and I wrote down everything he said just like I was trained to and I look and I'm like thank you very much and I, that's all I said and of course he was instantly like what confused like You've made a mistake. <laughs> anyway, I was done. That was, you know, that's it. Put down the cans. Thank you. Great. I'll get this information into your case supervisor and we'll go from there. Anyway, Tom was very bent out of shape about this. And and the crazy part is that Miscavige did a whole review and basically told him, oh, she fucked up. It's okay. You're good. By fucked up, he means, I don't know, I had out TRs, allegedly. I mean, I've done... I'd by that point done thousands of exams and sure it was Tom Cruise, but I was not, didn't do anything different than any other of the thousands of times I'd done an exam. Anyway, it was just a good example to me of where Miscavige just bent all the rules for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise needed to leave and he didn't have time to go back in session um, or go back in for more counseling. So therefore I was, it was blamed on me and you know, I was now, assigned lower conditions because I screwed up an exam for Tom Cruise.
0: And just to maybe help the uninitiated a little bit more, I mean, the e-meter itself, uh, you know, and electrical engineers will tell you it it simply reads uh, skin galvanism and it can be affected by a number of different factors. The fact that you're holding it rather than it being like, you know, inserted somewhere. It's just... There's a lot of factors that could could, could go into it, and so what? It, who knows what it means? But what 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 matters is that by 1996, David Miscavige had put into place this really strict, very prescribed regime, where you had to, you know, the auditor what you just mentioned having your TRs in, and the way I explained that to people was that you just have to be so robotic in the way you ask questions that every single word you say has been prescribed. You have to say things this way, say things that way. It's all being videotaped. And the needle has to make a certain motion and it didn't make that motion. And you knew based on this regime that if you called it a floating needle and it wasn't, you could be in big trouble. So you just did what you were told and and did not pass him on the exam. This would mean that he would normally have to go back and do more counseling. He probably already had a plane waiting for him on the tarmac in L.A. That he needed to get to. He didn't have time for this. He was very upset. And so David Miscavige just said, just ignore it. She didn't know what she was talking about. And then you got punished. You got punished right. for following the rules that David Miscavige had set up, but that you dared to enforce against his buddy Tom Cruise.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. And by the way, you said that I could have gotten in trouble if if I if I said it was floating when it wasn't oh no I absolutely knew I very definitely would most likely end up on the RPF the rehabilitation project force immediately so even though I got punished for what I did the punishment would have been far worse (laughs) had I done you know anyway yeah yeah. but other than that yeah you're absolutely spot on all of that is exactly what happened
0: it's just so alien I think to somebody that's not deeply into Scientology but when you describe it to other Scientologists, it makes perfect sense, you know, and, um, but, but again, what it ultimately illustrates is that Tom and Dave operate by their own set of rules and uh, rules that govern every moment of your life as a Sea Org worker, they could just stomp on those rules. And, uh, and you, you got punished and he, what, so do you remember what your punishment was exactly?
1: Um, I was assigned lower, lower conditions, ethics conditions, I think, um, Condition of treason for betrayal after trust.
0: (laughs) So like hard labor, I mean, manual labor or something like that.
1: That time I didn't end up manual labor. I mean, already, honestly, by that point, my life was a living hell. I was already, um, I I think I'd already been uh, deprived deprived of dining privileges. So, um, and I was sleeping maybe two or three hours a night. So, like if there was something else that happened as a result, honestly, I was so numb to it by that point. I, I don't remember.
0: So let's uh you've told your, I mean, your escape story is incredible. So is Mark's and uh, I really um, encourage people to pick up uh, Mark's book blown for good. If you haven't already to get some sense of what the two of you went through and how, you know, you each had to have separate escapes and then, you know they tried to drag you back, as you described in your Facebook post. But I, there was something you told me earlier about a specific way that they they then um, what was it about uh, the birth of Surrey? You had been when oh, Surrey yes. was, bor- Suri was yes. born. Surrey uh, was born. So so the the progression was that um
1: sorry too- sorry tony but before we go to that i just wanted to make one other comment that i think yeah. is applicable so at that six-month check with tom cruise at the headquarters in Hemet, california one of the main problems he was running into was that he didn't feel that um isabella and connor were communicating with him to his liking And that began a very strong initiation of Isabella and Connor into Scientology, which obviously ultimately ended in Nicole being cut off completely from them. Um, But so then at that time, that's actually when Jessica Feshback, who later became Katie Holmes' handler, started having interactions with the Cruz family because she became the counselor for Isabella and Connor. It's only applicable because you know obviously like like you were asking what my involvement was. and the one other piece that um, that relates to this is in September, roughly 2004, I was booted out of RTC and the the one and only reason for that is because I refused to divorce Mark. Mind you, it could have also tied to tied to this Tom Cruise exam now that I'm thinking about it. Um, that thought hadn't crossed my mind before, but it was definitely a major black mark that Miscavige had against me. Either way, it, that's not what was stated, but it absolutely was on my list of in his little black book. Um, but the point being that one of the last things I did that night when I was booted out of RTC and sent down to the hole is that Shelly Miscavige called me and said, hey, listen, um, I need you to pick one of two people. Laura Dolan or Chelsea Graves. These were two um, RTC sec checkers. So they would do interrogations for RTC on a regular basis. So, said, you need to pick one of those. And that person is going to stay in Religious Technology Center. And they're going to be going to LA tomorrow to do sec checking on Tom Cruise's staff. And so Laura Dolan and Chelsea Chelsea was maybe in her early 20s. Lara was maybe 18 by this time. And um, anyway, long story short, I I said Chelsea, um, and Chelsea then has been seen many times, several times. There's photos of her arriving at Tom Cruise's property. Again, it's just another example of RTC, Religious Technology Center, having direct and unusual involvement in Tom Cruise's life.
0: Well, no, this is very important. I'm sorry. I, I tried to skip ahead. You're absolutely no, no, right because no. okay. I mean, one of the things that I get asked about is, do the celebrities really know what's going on in the Sea Org? And there's just no question that Tom Cruise must know. Yes. Uh, and, and this is another example was um, that at one point, and I, I was just talking to another Sea Org person that told me this, that Tom, Tom one of the results of Tom Coming to flag, I mean, uh, coming to in base, was that he started to complain that his own staff, not non Scientology people, just the you know people he hired at his house, just didn't give him the kind of service he did from the Sea Org, and yes. so this this Sea Org unit was sent out to L.A. to sec check and train his employees to to give him the kind of service he deserved,
1: yes, or that he thought exactly. he deserved. Yes.
0: It's amazing.
1: Yes. It's incredible. And and the and it, as the as it just evolved, I mean, Tom and David Miscavige, to my knowledge, are best friends. Shelley Miscavige told me they talked every day. And oh and that was the other significant thing um that that took place right before I got kicked out of RTC is Shelley told me now Miscavige is doing a project to find Tom Cruise a wife. And yeah. I then helped with the logistics to get Greg Wilhair fancy suits and flew him to New York and LA and other places to start interviewing women under the guise of doing an audition for a movie.
0: Right. That was the fall of 2004. Yes. And uh, the way it was, you know, Tom had broken up with Penelope earlier that Penelope Cruz earlier that year, but even though they were broken up, he still went to the Madrid ideal org opening in September in in, the only time Tom Cruise has ever showed up at an ideal org opening. It was in Madrid and he actually gave a speech in Spanish, which you can, we can see on my website and it was supposedly at that event, which is the last footage I've been able to find of Shelley Miscavige in public, by the way, was at that event um, that he said something to Dave about having a hard time finding a new, you know, finding someone new after Penelope, and so then and subsequently, Dave gave Shelley that project, find him someone new, uh, resulting, uh, you know, a couple months later after these auditions with them trying to set up Tom with uh, Nazanin Boniadi, the uh, the uh, actress, yes. uh, very pretty, very very talented woman, who yes. uh, you know that story was told in Going Clear about how she dated Tom from. November 2004 to January 2005, which was just about the time you finally escaped, right?
1: That's right. Yep. My escape was January 24th,
0: 2005. And then um, uh, it was in April 2005 that Tom and Katie announced that they were dating and a yes. year later, twelve months later, a year later, in April two thousand six, Surrey was born. That's right. Um, yes. Now, now tell me the story about uh, Surrey's birth and and something that Scientology did. You told me earlier.
1: Yes. So our son was born mid February two thousand six. So again, in in you know talking back to my Facebook post, that's why I brought up Surrey. So she's just basically two months older or younger, sorry, two months younger than our than my oldest son. And to my knowledge, Tom Cruise hasn't talked to her since 2012. And, and just and, and just,
0: just and let me just interject real quickly so people understand. Yes. You had been in the Sea Org for all these years, you and Mark, and in the Sea Org, no kids kids are not allowed. In fact, right. Scientology forces young women to have abortions in the Sea Org, and, and this had happened to you twice. But that when you escaped, you and Mark both escaped early in 2005, now you had the opportunity to have a family. And so early in 2006, you had your first son. I want people to understand that context. Go ahead.
1: Yes. No, absolutely. And of course, the day we escaped, our entire immediate family cut us off. The day my son was born, my husband, well, Mark called my mom from the hospital and said, hey, your first grandson is being born. And she said, "I can't talk to you and hung up on him." Wow. This is the brutality of Scientology disconnection. You know, it's just, I, anyway, I'll cut off my emotions so I don't wreck this whole thing. but um, yes, so 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 my son is two months older than Surrey, and it just strikes me like, oh my God, could you imagine a parent not talking to their six-year-old kid for now going on 10 years? Yeah What yeah. the heck? And why is this okay?
0: But didn't you Talk say there was something? Dead, uh, something? That... Yes,
1: yes. So, so here's what happened. So in 2006, we were just, you know, Mark and I were trying to get on with our lives. Um, we'd lost our whole family. We had pretty much nothing. We're starting our lives over. We were so thankful and so grateful to have the chance to start a family. And our first son was born. Well, concurrent to that, Mark had started posting anonymously as blown for good, blown being Scientology's term for unauthorized departure or escape, and thus the title of his book, Blown for Good. Um, so he was posting anonymously as blown for good, and really he had just started reading Scientology forums. And, and as you recall back then, there was there was just some misinformation, and more to the point There was, like, the actual stories didn't, you know, had it been told. And Mark Mark and I both, being that we worked at the headquarters for so long, had a ton of inside information that, um, and Mark, so Mark started posting about it, which then brought on an onslaught of Scientology investigation of the two of us. Um, They were doing special trash collections, tapping our phones, sending, they had um, people who were, uh, you know, pretending to be friends of ours, spying on us, on and on and on. But specifically, we got, much later, we got copies of reports that had been written at this time in 2006 and, and one of these reports had a picture of our son when he was one day old. And they said, oh, we think that the reason Mark Headley is jealous of Tom Cruise is because their baby is sickly. I mean, oh. are you fucking kidding me? Oh my! First God. of all, he's a day old. And second of all, like, what is this? Seriously. Anyway, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it in a long time until everything that blew up from from this Facebook post. and you know it just made me so angry, like that. and then, of course, they sent child services to our house and all this stuff. and it just they Scientology is the reason I speak out against Scientology. That's the end beginning and the end of it, by the way, they're
0: they're very <laughs> good, they're very good at making enemies because they're yes. such bu- they're such bullies,
1: yeah. and when it boiled down to it, I thought, you know what? Do I ever want my kids to be afraid of these bullies? The answer is, hands down, never. I will not ever, ever, ever be silent about these criminals. (laughs) I mean, you know, tapping our phones, collecting our trash. I mean, Mark and I at least had a good laugh. They're like, well, at least there were a ton of baby poopy diapers in there for them.
0: I remember one time I I wrote about this. I think maybe it was The Voice. It was so long ago. But I remember one time... They put, you know, they have these smear websites that go after you and Leah and Mike and me and various other people. And um, usually they're anonymous, but in more recent years, they've actually put their names on them. But they have these smear websites where they will put up results of their investigating of us. And on one of these sites, they literally had a photograph of workers on the roof of your house in Colorado repairing the roof. And yes. I think the point they were trying to make was, oh, look, you know, uh, they something about you know that you have more money than you admit to, or some no. garbage. And I remember no, no. I talked to you. Yeah, you talked. I talked to you guys, and you're like, "This was storm damage. We were covered.
1: Yes, <laughs> it didn't cost yes. us anything. Yes, no, it was covered by our insurance. And yes, we have since been paying the increased premium. So there you go. <laughs> but no, it was in July two thousand and twelve, which was when we lost our lawsuits. and um, and it just happened that June two thousand and twelve we had this massive massive hailstorm with golf ball size hail that destroyed our roof. Um but, yeah, no, the point was at that time, we had, you know, oh, and and also leading up to this, they had been posting articles saying, Oh, blown for good's gonna be Brooke for good when we're done with him and he's gonna lose his lawsuit, which of course, you know, the odds were not in our favor. They had the best multi-million dollar law firms in LA, you know, going all up against us and our one little tiddly lawyer. That I mean, (laughs) I've told you this before. There were times I myself personally was driving to the judges' chambers to deliver papers. That's how ridiculous it was, I mean, you know, I'm still, I'm glad we did it, but it was, uh, you know, and honestly, in the end, I'm glad we lost because now there's, I have no gag order. I have, they have nothing on me, you know, but yes, they, they, they rigorously pursued those fees. And normally, um, we learned that in cases like that, there's normally just a handshake agreement between each side saying, Hey, okay we We won't demand collection of those fees, but your client just needs to agree to walk away. And Scientology's response to that, as you know, was to say, "No, we're going to rigorously pursue this forty three thousand or whatever it was, forty four or forty three and change bill unless your client turns over the rights to Mark's book, Blown for Good, behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology. Um, turns over all information of every ex-scientologist they've ever talked to, including copies of all communication, turns over all uh, media they've ever talked to, so any correspondence we had with you, with Tom Tobin, Joe Childs, anybody, turn over all of that, and last but not least, agree to never ever speak publicly against Scientology ever again. Mm
0: And just to so we just like, to help, yeah, no just thanks. to help, just to help people understand, there's no question you guys have been harmed in the years you had been in Scientology. The list of abuses you went through is ridiculous. You sued uh, under a statute that's uh, maybe a little difficult to 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 win in court, and yes. and the judge and the judges. You should read people. If you should read the appellate decision, the judge says. I've gone through this decision. The judge says, look, there's no question you were harmed, but there's a tactical question about the fact that you were driving to work in the morning. That implies that you could have driven the other way. Well, sure, if you don't know anything about Scientology's control of the mind, right? Yes, so yes. it was just, you know, it was a it was a difficult statute to sue under. You guys made That's a great right. effort and you lost. And then that Scientology and, was and awarded. And
1: also too, and as you know, in that final decision, the judge also said, had you pursued other co- cor- um, cor- uh, causes of action had you pursued other causes of action such as false imprisonment assault and battery are the two that i remember you may have fared differently yes so in I other words at least, it was I a least legal take away from it yes exactly it was a
0: legal it was, it was a legal right. victory for scientology not a factual one the facts were yes. on your side but as a result they ended up with uh, winning some uh, attorneys' fees in the forty thousand range, and yeah, I remember that letter. They told you guys, "Okay, we'll forget about the forty thousand, but you not only have to turn over Mark's book to us, you have to spy for us." I mean, they were literally exactly. asking you to spy for them to to get yes. rid of the forty thousand. And thank goodness you guys raised the money and you didn't have to do that. So I, I'm just really glad you didn't yes. have to do that. But you know, it yes. was. Uh,
1: and so we sold Mark's van. We came up with the money. And then a good friend of ours said, hey, you should do this fundraiser. We had uh, we had already figured out how to pay. Not that we had, you know, like I said, we'd sold Mark's work van. <laughs> it was not like we didn't, we weren't a, a bit in a bind, but we would have been okay. We weren't. And I had scr- I had scrambled, because they said they were going to go after our house and everything. So I pulled together a trust. I got our wills in place. I transferred our house to a trust just to make sure our kids would be okay. You know, I, I was like, Oh my God. And, and all of that. So we paid it and then, Oh, and then they tried to say that we were paid the vanity fair article came out right at that time. And they were trying to say that, in fact, not trying to, they posted somewhere saying that we were paid for that article. And that's how we paid the bill. Uh, right. For the record, no, I've not received one cent. And actually, personally, I've never been paid for anything, including, by the way, the check that Ken Moxon gave us for deposition because they're required to pass minimum wage. Fuck you, Scientology. Check your reconciliations. I've never deposited it.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> well, anyway.
0: So, yeah. And... um again yes
1: yeah, so so sorry this we is close that out though we did yeah. that we so then we we paid it we did this online fundraiser i was crying for two weeks we had people donating from all over the world and we were made whole on that money that we paid and mark got his van back and scientology was all in a kerfluffle because they were expecting that we were not going to be able to pay that and they were going to have a field day kicking us out in the street and everything else whatever they had planned i don't know but then, of course, they were had PIs driving by taking pictures of, of our roof to say somehow that that had anything to do with the the lawsuit.
0: Well, and they they tell you guys, they tell all Sea Orc workers that if you dare to leave, you're going to end up destitute, you know, uh, flipping burgers at McDonald's or whatever. But they, you know, you guys are so great. I mean, Mark has this technical genius that he's, He has in this business he's created and you're a financial genius. So the two of you together are just formidable and, and uh, you're, you're you're doing great, but let's get back to you. I mean, the thing that, um, that, that, and and by the way,
1: I credit, I credit Mark with that. There is not a day that goes by that, uh, you know, he, yes, you're right. He has always had technical, uh, a love for all things technical. I thought for sure that I was screwed. Because, because you know, what am I going to say? Oh, I w- I w- I'm a sec checker. Uh, I'm a framing <laughs> officer. Uh, I worked in a cult for 30 years. Uh, yeah, No, I do not have any references. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and Mark always just, you know, obviously, I love him. Um, but he always just had this faith in me and this, you know, this confidence that I didn't have, being that I was grew up in Scientology. And and I just so appreciate that. And yes, we have we have made things happen and we've worked very hard and we're very proud of the life that we've built.
0: Oh, you you've done amazing. And no thanks to Scientology, which has tried so hard to destroy you guys time and time again. Yes. And 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 getting back to our original subject, Tom Cruise knows. He knows what's going on. He knows the score. He yes. knows what Scientology is doing with his money,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that
0: that's the point is I you know I knew it was going to be you know I see some people saying let's boycott no look the the movie just passed a billion dollars okay it's a very popular movie I I've always said that look Tom Cruise is a very talented actor he's a good businessman that's not the issue the issue no, is, is that he is the symbol of Scientology Scientology is probably hanging on largely because of Tom Cruise and what he represents. And that people, especially in in overseas who have a more sort of basic under, you know th- thought process about America and its celebrities, you know, hey if, if it's good for Tom Cruise, maybe it's good for me. Scientology counts on people making that assumption and trying out Scientology. So okay. this is what this is why I, I tried to do say, the same thing at The Daily Beast and you did on Facebook. Just let people know, look, that movie that you're going to. You are supporting this guy who is the face of a totalitarian abusive organization, and he knows about it. He's complicit in it, right?
1: Yes, and he's continuing to support them despite knowing that. Yes, I mean, there, there were also multiple times when, when we were still at the headquarters where Miscavige told us that he was telling Tom Cruise about what management was doing to him and that Tom offered to come beat them up personally (laughs) so yes he absolutely knows this is not he's not at arm's length from this david miscavige is his best friend and tom cruise is funding this abusive organization just like you said and he knows all about it
0: Well, he's a true believer. That's the other thing people are always asking me is like, Tony, don't you think that he would leave if he could, but they have too much dirt on him? I said, you don't understand the situation at all. He really believes that L. Ron Hubbard is the greatest human being who ever lived. He really believes that David Miscavige is the most important human being alive today. And that only Scientology will save this planet from being the prison planet that it is that people don't realize. So when when people say... How can he believe that crazy thing? I always respond he can't understand why you haven't joined.
1: Right <laughs> exactly. Good response. <laughs> that I, I know it's the mind control you know I don't know what to say and and of course he's entirely cushioned and protected by RTC. so there's uh, unlike you know you know me or Mark or whoever we reach, we reached our breaking point. our lives were completely miserable. He's not likely to get to that point perhaps he could have gotten to that point when Katie and Suri left and had he, but he didn't, he proved, he put Scientology ahead of his own family.
0: Well, let's talk about that because that's the other thing that's, it's so blatantly obvious about this situation that the press never asks him about. And yes. that is, um, you know, when, when Katie decided to leave in 2012, she did it in a very surgical way. Tom was over in Iceland filming a movie and she had these burner phones and all this stuff. And she just made the, it. Was, it was like a Mission Impossible mission. I mean, she yes. she got out of there and the result was this huge amount of bad press for the Church of Scientology. Well, That's right. you know, in most cases, then a Scientologist whose spouse causes a huge flap like that would be told to disconnect from them. Right. But this Correct. is Tom Cruise. He's a he's a celebrity. He can he can he can, you know, I always tell people celebrities, the number one thing to know about celebrities is celebrities get to break all the rules. Yes, Katie probably is considered an SP by David Miscavige, and that makes Surrey PTS, which means Katie, I mean Surrey is connected to a suppressive person. Uh, and in Scientology, yes. SSP is the worst thing you can call somebody. That means it's kind of an evil person against Scientology. So if Katie's this evil enemy, Suri is tainted because she's connected to her. And so a normal Scientologist would be told, you can't see them anymore, You know, cut them out of your lives. But he's not. He's, the, he's not a normal person. He's, a, he's, the, he's not just a celebrity at Scientology. He's the most important celebrity. If Tom Cruise wanted to, he could see katie and suri right now so why that's doesn't right. he he doesn't because he has decided to choose scientology over his own daughter
1: that's right that's exactly right
0: and it's just amazing that he doesn't get asked about that especially when katie and suri are obviously doing so well and the press loves them and um you know i guess i guess everyone's just waiting for Surrey to turn 18 and so they can try to interview her and ask her herself, but I, yeah. I, you know, and, and what...
1: honestly, I will, I will say, honestly, not to, it's not what Tom Cruise is doing is not okay. I am grateful though. Thank you that Suri does not have that evil influence in her life and that she's not being pressured to join Scientology. For that, I am extremely thankful.
0: That you know she's much better off, and I, I also I've been asked uh, why did Katie leave when she did. And some people point out that, well, Surrey turned six and she was probably just about to start Scientology training. But the other thing I, I keep in mind yes. was that, keep in mind that Katie during those years was seeing Isabella and Connor going through Scientology. She had this example That's in right. front of her of what children go through the, you know, they have special interrogations just for kids and kids are trained to turn in their parents. If they see their parents doing something out of, you know, out ethics, not, not by the rules. So Katie right. knew, Katie knew what children go through. She had plenty yes. of reason she, to and understand, And she had
1: personal, personal knowledge of the wedge that Scientology drives between children and their parents. It is conditional love through and through so yes you're absolutely spot on she had per- she personally witnessed that and yes um she saw what was going on with connor and isabella
0: and it's just amazing that no reporter can just ask him how sorry why haven't you seen her i guess That's it's right. just they just they just want to they can't they're put under so many restric- you know, restrictions about what they can ask. And they, if you ever want, if you ever want Tom back on your show, you know, and uh, I guess they're just nobody wants to do it.
1: Yep, I guess so. And that's where you know, <laughs> you and I will just keep on saying what's going on. <laughs>
0: well, and and, you know, and 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 the bottom
1: line is, that, like I said though, it's the, it's the age of the internet. Like seriously, why is this okay? Why? Why? Why?
0: Yeah. I wonder what it's going to take before the press takes a harder look at him. And and there's been new stuff coming out. You know, Leah um, gave, you know, she had written some stuff about Tom and she gave to me to put on my website that was kind of like a missing chapter from her book. And she had some revelations about Tom's terrible behavior. And then, you know, uh, Brian Seymour had some fascinating things in a, in a series that unfortunately the, got spiked by the Australian network. But You know, there's just a lot of evidence about Tom Cruise not just being a Scientology fanatic, but engaging in Scientology's, you know, worst
1: practices. Right. That's right.
0: Well, Claire, thank you so much for speaking up about it.
1: Thank you. Likewise to you. Thank you for everything that you do. I was
0: I was stunned when I saw what you wrote, and I was so happy that you did. Um, that was just really great. And, and, and you said, and look, I'm sure you got some blowback, but I think it was worth it. I think you did a great job with that.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I will say, you know, being that I'm not, I'm not on some big platform. I was, like I said, shocked and floored by the response, but I also, I, I have, I said exactly what I needed to say in my opinion. So I'm grateful to everyone who shared it and helped to get the word out because, it's how I feel.
0: Well, uh, Tom Cruise just better not run into you because I'm sure that you would have <laughs> some things to say to him. No joke. <laughs> yeah. He would not be able to shatter I'd love to see
1: him to try and confront and shatter me because it will fail.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it would.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Claire, thank you. Is there anything you wanted to uh, uh, tell people about what you're doing, what's, what's happening? That um, what, what do you want to plug?
1: I would like to plug the Aftermath Foundation because we talked about, you know, people escaping and I'm just so grateful that I'm a, a member of that foundation and we've helped, as you know, helped people get out and and, and I hope to very much continue that work um, because it's just, it's it, it makes it so that it's a much softer landing for people on the outside and there's a great network out out here you're part of that i'm part of that there's just people everywhere who are just incredibly kind and that has tremendous value to someone trying to get out of that world
0: and where should somebody go to support that
1: um the aftermathfoundation.org is our website which hopefully we'll get to update that one of these years with some updates and stories (laughs) but you know we're all volunteers it's unpaid work but i'm tremendously grateful for the therapeutic value of being able to help people escape it's the only right thing to do
0: i'm looking forward to buying the mark and claire bobbleheads, so get get on that
1: Uh, and hey by the way one of these years hopefully before i die i will write a book and here was my thought tony you tell me what you think you don't have to post this part by the way But so we talked about our lawsuit and and I have four volumes of deposition transcripts. And I thought, you know, what would be amazing? I'll take excerpts from all those deposition transcripts because there's some really damning stuff in there about Scientology, by the way. And I'll like have excerpts from that at the beginning of each chapter. (laughs) Or let's
0: have a dramatic reading
1: yes oh that would be amazing oh my god all right that well let's talk so about that
0: awesome. we can maybe do that for a future podcast claire thank you so much i appreciate it I downtown, guess. Thank you so
1: again 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 to witness history ride the storm wait to see how reckoning